let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. It's Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee and myself. Going to talk about retirement, investing, finance, all that good stuff, and gambling, because this one's on the house. That's the uh, topic of this week's uh, podcast. I guess not actually gambling, but what we're going to do is, uh, it's a, that's that saying, Sean, where you know, this one's on the house or whatever the case, or drinking, I suppose, right? You know, right. Going to get a free drink on the house, but we're really going to be talking about the actual house and some financial stuff related to our homestead. But what's going on, my friend? How you doing? We're doing well, man. Kids are back in school. They're just plugging away and activities are keeping us busy still. It seems like it's a never ending yeah. revolving door of sports. Exactly. Yeah. At that age, that's for sure. It's yeah. always something going on. Well, you guys are doing a little bit, going a little hiking uh, here this weekend, I think, right? Time we're taping this. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to head down to Escalante for a little bit. And I decided my new venture with, with my daughter, she's playing volleyball. Mm-hmm. So I'm nobody else would sign up to be the coach. So I'm, I'm the Ted Lasso of <laughs> seventh grade girls volleyball if you nice. know what i'm talking about fantastic yes yeah. so if you haven't seen that show it's a pretty funny show uh all right well cool well so let's get into this conversation here you got many many years of experience here sean and you've likely had at least one client that fits into one of these scenarios i've got for us we'll try to get through as many as we can uh, on how to handle the house as a financial asset so uh, you know i'll go through a couple of these scenarios you tell me what you think about it, okay so somebody who is considering downsizing to the smaller home just simply because the kids are grown and gone and, you know, the house is maybe just too big. You know, this right now in, in today's housing market, it's this is this is kind of wild. I mean, especially here in here in Utah, we're seeing astronomical house prices are seeing people moving, oh, yeah. you know, from from out of state and, and constantly moving into to this state, which is a good thing economically. I mean, unemployment here is ridiculously low, but that's a double-edged sword. And and so, yes, we can sell our houses for a, a whole bunch of money. <laughs> you may be paying right a bunch now. for the new one, but even and, a smaller and, one, right? And that's the thing. Like, you're usually offsetting it. But when you look at considering downsizing, I think there are a number of factors that go into it. You know, obviously the size of the home is one thing. You know, do we, do we need all of the space that we currently have? You know, I look at our house and I look at our kids there and, and I look when they're gone, like there's no, there's no reason for us to have the size of the house that we, that we have if, when our kids are gone. Right. But you, you flip side that as well, are you selling your home to go into a, a smaller home that you can wipe out a mortgage so you don't have any, you no longer have debt that's going to free up more cash flow? That's the financial side to it. You know, the emotional side is, well, how are the kids going to feel? How are you going to feel? You've built memories in a home, you know, and that's where you raise the family is that are you going to be okay kind of moving away from that? But the flip side to that, that I don't, I don't, I don't think that a lot of people think about is, is really the upkeep. You know, if you've got an acre of ground or a half acre or whatever it may be, and you've got a yard to take care of, and your house is a little bit older, you've got to you got to fix things around the house, or maybe you got to replace the roof, or replace carpets, or floors, or update things. You know, all of that costs time, energy, and and effort. And and so, do you really have the primarily the the energy and effort to to want to upkeep the yard, continue to mow the lawns? weed and and you know if you have a garden take care of that you know all of that goes into account like just that just the upkeep and i think that's the biggest factor is at some point i hear i hear a lot sean i just don't want to do it anymore right okay yeah. well then maybe it's time to make an adjustment 
Well, and I think for, uh, you know, to that point, too, a lot of times people, if they do want to stay there, they start thinking about, well, we have to uh, age-proof the house, so to speak, right? Right. Where we're thinking about, okay, well, how do we go about uh, making the changes we need to make to make the house safer for us as we age and, you know, so on and so forth, up and down stairs or whatever that looks like. So, yeah, that's that's one certain argument that people kind of find themselves getting into on the whole conversation of downsizing. Uh, another one might be, uh, and I just saw an email question a couple of weeks ago for somebody had sent one in and said, it's basically along the lines of, you know, you've got the money to pay off the house, Sean, but you're trying to decide if it's actually the best financial decision. People get really, really stuck in this. Well, I got the money. It's there. You know, I'd like to pay it off because I want that feel good thing of saying, ha ha, the house is paid for. But does that make the most sense financially? Are you draining too much of any other accounts to do that? You know, this a lot of this one is a personal preference. I hear I've got families that we work with that say, Sean, I'm never paying my house off. All right, cool. That's that's fine as long as your cash flow can offset the can cover the mortgage, right? It's not stressing you out from a financial from a monthly income perspective to have that mortgage. But on the flip side of that, we've got families that are like, hey, I want the house paid off as quick as possible. What do we need to do? How can we get there? And each side is right. You just got to do what's right for you. But now when we start to look at, I have a mortgage, I have money in the bank. Should I pay the house off to, with the money that I have in the bank? In essence, kind of the way that I look at that is, is twofold. One, if you have the money in the bank, your house is essentially paid off. You could you could at the drop of a hat pay that off at any given time that you want. So right, right. I look at it like, hey, yeah, it is paid off because you could do that if you so cho- chose to. The second side to that is, you know, it's an interest discussion. You know, are you paying four percent in interest because you never refinanced, or are you paying two point three percent in interest, or are you paying the interest is so nominal because you've paid the mortgage down? But from my standpoint, I kind of like the flexibility of the cash. Uh, just my own personal opinion, because if, if something did happen, it's easier for me to get, and I needed a lump sum of money, it's easier for me to get the cash from my bank account than having to pull it out of my home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless you're going to go, uh, you know, ripping the copper out or something, right? Right. Not a good way to go. Right. Uh, vacation homes. All right. So obviously with the housing prices being what they are right now, maybe this has come down a little bit. Uh, over the last 12 months, 18 months, something like that. But, you know, a lot of people do think about a vacation home as, you know, maybe that uh, that thing they've always wanted, right? So they want to do, you know, their their uh, their summers in Utah and they want to do their winters in Florida, you know, or whatever that case looks right. like. How do you what's the best way to go about paying for it? Do you try to have multiple mortgages? Are you trying to take money out of a 401k or, you know, things like that? I wouldn't recommend pulling a whole bunch of money out of the 401k or IRAs to pay for a, a vacation property. Just simple fact that in order to do that, you're going to have a whole lot of taxes and you're, and you're probably going to lose you know, 40 cents on every dollar due to taxation. But you know, it, once again, on the vacation home side, if you've got after-tax money that's just sitting there that you're like, you know what, we think that it's better to, to put it into a property that we can enjoy and it doesn't completely deteriorate your savings. You know, paying cash for a home is is a good is a good idea. The other side to that is is just figuring out. All right, if we were to go buy, buy a vacation home in our plan, say I need, you know, to do our everyday living, we need six thousand dollars a month, whatever that may be. And you've got social security coming in, you know, some income from from other investments, but you've got this invest this chunk of investments that you're not really using. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, turn that into a little bit of an income stream and pay a mortgage. 
Right. You know, so as long as the plan, I, I want people in retirement to live their lives and to be comfortable and have fun and do the things that they want to do. And as long as your plan can handle doing those things, I'm all for it. But we have to make sure that the plan can handle it, whether it's a lump sum distribution or it's a monthly increase of income to cover those costs. Yeah. Now, when we're since we're talking about you know a vacation home or whatever the case might be, there, Sean, do you have clients that have decided to move out of state? You kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier, and and you're still helping or working with them. You know, mm-hmm. how do you kind of go through that scenario? Because obviously, there's going to be different different states have different rules, and, and so on and so forth. You know, if a lot of people we work with move down to Nevada, okay, primary residences in Nevada, income Florida, tax, yeah, it's all state state tax driven, right? There's, right. There's no state tax in Nevada, Wyoming, um, Florida. Utah's is fairly low, but a lot of people want to get out of the the cold of the winters. I mean, we've had sure. pretty mild winters recently. <laughs> but I, but I ones hope, are coming, right? <laughs> I, I I really hope so. Not that I like I hate the winter, but we just need the water. And you know, when, when we start to look at moving out of state, it's there. There's it's a multiple pronged approach. Like, yes, could we move out of state to go to a warm climate, reduce our state taxes, and, and so on? In a lot of cases, it's hey, our kids moved up to Washington. We want to be close to the grandkids, and well, the plan has to adjust because the cost of living is more. State taxes are a little bit more. So there's a there's both sides to the table. You know, I'm going to move to be close to the kids, regardless of what the financials look like there, whether it's cost increased cost of living, state taxes, whatever. Right. Or I'm going to move somewhere that I want to be comfortable, where it's warm or uh, whatever it may be. Or they just you know they snowbird it. You know, there's families that we work with that go to St. George in the wintertime and are back here in the summertime. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, right? So it's just a matter, and that was kind of like that vacation home, or maybe you just, too, you know, I don't know if you're considering that or considering just having two homes, but either way, you gotta you have to understand all the little nuances because every state's going to be different. And so what you want to do with the house, whether it's one house, two houses, downsizing, whatever the case is, all those things kind of pull in play. You kind of touched on my next one, so I'm going to skip on past that one. It was basically a lot of the headaches of home ownership. You kind of went through some of that. Uh, the final one, what about somebody, do you have people come to you and say, hey, we're thinking about selling the house because we want to move into like a retirement community. You know, we want to move into something uh, that kind of addresses the headache situation, right? They go into a place where, you know, kind of everything's handled for them and they, you know, whether it's a Florida retirement community or there's lots of other places. There's one here locally that my mom's been eyeballing and uh, maybe that's something that's on the radar. Yeah. I mean, whether it's a, a condo or a, you know, a patio home or or whatever it may be that the yards are taking care of the, you know, if you're looking at like those residential condo communities, a lot of those are age in place Mm -hmm. type scenarios where you kind of go live in these communities and then you can actually transition into more of assisted living if you need it. And then nursing care, whatever it may be. A lot of that comes down to cost. Again, you know, if you're selling a property, there's, there's a cost associated with living in a community like that. You know, you've, you've got rents, some of them out here I know have big lump sums that you have to deposit in that supposedly you get back. But there's there there are certain financial factors that you have to take into account. Yes, the headache's gone of all the yard work and all the all the the maintenance and things like that. But there's a financial component that maybe if your home's paid off, you know, now you're going into a scenario where you've got to pay monthly dues and, and things like that. Once again, it just comes down to can your plan handle that financially? Can you continue to live and be comfortable and do the things that you want to do when you make that move into a new living situation. Also, I imagine those can get 
a little more pricey, right? So there's like a lot of times you'll hear them referred to as a CCRC, a continuing care retirement community. Right. Uh, and I imagine, you know, they're not cheap. Right. I mean, you're looking a couple thousand a month to as high as nine grand a month from what I've seen out there. If you need a lot of care. Right. Right. Um, you got to be able to pay for that somehow. Yeah, and and I mean it's a great option for folks who might need that extra step, or as to your point, they're okay early on and they don't need the extra services that are offered. They're just you know it's really just about the apartment or the condo and you know some of the minor uh, upkeep things. But then as we are aging, then they you can start to kind of get some of the assisted living and it's all right there. So yeah, you've got to plan, you got to budget for all this stuff. So whatever your choice is to do with the house. It all comes back to having a good plan in place and a strategy for what that's going to look like. Are you staying where you're at? If you are, do you need to do some renovations and upgrades to make it more, uh, you know, user friendly as we age? Things of that nature. Might you know when we picked our house, Sean, that we live in, that we plan on passing away in, we made sure that everything we needed was on the first floor. Right? There is an upstairs, but we hardly ever go up there. Right. You know, so it's one of those things where we don't, we won't have to go up there uh, as we age. But to your point, we've also got a big yard, so I'll have to make sure I'm planning and budgeting for someone to come out and help me with yard maintenance at some point. So all those things factor in, folks. Just make sure that you're talking with your advisor and about your wishes, your wants, your desires, and then how to make that happen with a good plan. And that's where the team comes in uh, at uh, Elevated Retirement Group, Sean and everybody over there. So give them a jingle if you got some questions at 855-50-RETIRE. That's 855-50-RETIRE. Or stop by the website, elevatemyretirement.com. That's elevatemyretirement.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Google or Spotify, or whatever platform you like to use. Catch up with Sean and I from time to time. You can catch past episodes as well as future episodes of Retirement Elevated. All right, my friend, I'm going to let you get out of here. Go have fun. Go do some hiking. Be safe and all that good stuff. We'll see you soon. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. We appreciate your time as always here on Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee, managing partner at Elevated Retirement Group. We'll talk to you later. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisors.